You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Welcome to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. I'm June Grosso. Every day we bring you insight and analysis into the most important legal news of the day. You can find more episodes of the Bloomberg Law Podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcasts. A legal loophole may leave some of the most recognizable and defining instrumental solos in rock music up for grabs. like the guitar introduction to the Eagles' Hotel California, or the sax solo on Bruce Springsteen's Born to Run. The question arises because of a trial over the introduction to Led Zeppelin's classic, Stairway to Heaven. The band's spirit claimed that Led Zeppelin stole one of the most recognizable music passages of the past half century from its instrumental Taurus. And when guitarist and rock legend Jimmy Page took the stand, he made the admission that could lead to some of the most famous riffs in classic rock, losing copyright protection and being free for the taking. Joining me to explain this is intellectual property attorney Terrence Ross, a partner at Catton So, Terry, take us back to Page's testimony and what it means. So, the plaintiff's attorney asked Page on the stand and under oath whether certain passages from the song Stairway to Heaven, particularly the finger-picking introduction and then the long classic guitar solo towards the end, whether or not they were covered or shown anywhere in the copyright registration that had been filed with the United States Copyright Office back in the early 70s. And after looking through what's called the deposit copy they had given to the Copyright Office, Jimmy Page admitted that the introduction and the later guitar solo were not there. They were not within the copyright registration and therefore arguably were not copyrighted under the then 1909 Copyright Act. So why wouldn't the judge use a comparison between the recording of Stairway to Heaven and the recording of Taurus? This was the legal conundrum that the judge faced. The song Taurus was released in 1968. Stairway to Heaven was released in 1971. In the United States, hard as it is to believe nowadays, there was no copyright protection in sound recordings prior to February of 1972. So the actual sound recordings, the albums, 
were not copyrightable. What was copyrighted was the sheet music. And therefore, the judge said, well, you're not allowed to play the actual albums to the jury because that's not what's at issue here and will only confuse the jury. The only thing that's copyrighted is the sheet music, and you get to show that to the jury. And that led to this whole problem that Jimmy Page had on cross-examination in which he had to admit that the sheet music for Stairway to Heaven does not include the intro or the long guitar solo. The judge decided that for pre-1978 unpublished songs, the deposited sheet music, which you talked about, defines the scope of the copyright. Can one judge make a determination like that that can affect countless songs? Well, he had to make the determination in the context of that specific trial. That law is very limited to uh, California. It is now on appeal to the federal appellate court for California, what is known as the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. And just this last month, the Ninth Circuit agreed with the parties that the entire panoply of Ninth Circuit judges, all 11 judges, should sit on bonk and decide this very important issue. But even then, June, that decision would only govern the western part of the United States, you know, the Pacific Coast, Hawaii, and Alaska. Ultimately, the Supreme Court will have to decide the answer. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. If this judge's opinion is upheld, does that mean that instrumental solos from some classic rock songs may not be protected and could be used for, say, ringtones or commercials? Are we going to hear Clarence Clemens' sax solo on Born to Run as a ringtone? I think there's a very real risk of that. Any recording prior to February 15, 1972 is certainly at risk, and in addition, Anything before January 1st, 1978 might also be at risk, depending on which legal theory is adopted by the Ninth Circuit. It is this irony that during the golden period of rock and roll, the 50s, the 60s, and the very early 70s, that we did not provide copyright protection in this country for recordings. We limited copyright protection to sheet music, and unfortunately, many rock musicians perhaps with bad counsel from lawyers, did not properly take the right steps to deposit the right type of sheet music with the copyright office to get full copyright protection. Anybody who's played in a high school orchestra will have in their mind sheet music that is very lengthy, very detailed, sets out tempo, has multiple types of instruments being shown. That's not what the rock musicians of the 60s and 70s tended to do. They tended to submit a piece of sheet music that was typically for piano. It was only the melody did not include even tempo, and let alone beat or harmony or multiple instruments. And therefore, that bare-bones submission under this judge's ruling would control the extent of copyright here in the 21st century. 
Terry, let's talk a little bit about the defense that Led Zeppelin is putting on now, which is odd to some. Well, it's very odd. There was a U.S. Army officer in 1968, the height of the Vietnam War, who actually said to reporters, we had to destroy the village in order to save it. And that's exactly the defense that has been adopted here by Led Zeppelin's attorneys. They are essentially saying that the Taurus song by Spirit has no copyright with respect to the particular guitar elements at issue because their deposit copy at the copyright office, their sheet music, did not include that. That opens up an attack on all of Led Zeppelin's copyrights, because as Jimmy Page admitted at the trial, the sheet music they deposited with the Copyright Office often did not encompass everything that was on the recording. And so this defense, in order to avoid copyright infringement, is in effect tearing down the copyrights that Led Zeppelin itself owns. It's a very curious approach. What do you feel the reasonable or the correct decision should be here at the Ninth Circuit? So the challenge that the Ninth Circuit faces is to balance adequate protection against over-inclusive protection. And they are really facing a, a hard call on whether or not to allow juries to listen to sound recordings, because the sound recordings are not themselves copyrighted. It's only the sheet music. And in this case, what happened is a pianist came in and played the sheet music, and it sounded nothing like the actual sound recordings. So at least with respect to the genre of classic rock, the Ninth Circuit faces a very difficult challenge that may end up in allowing the free taking of many classic rock riffs. It's going to be interesting to see how the court comes out. It's going to be fascinating. Thank you so much for that explanation to a really complicated story. That's Terrence Ross. He's an intellectual property attorney and a partner at Catton Muchin. Thanks for listening to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. You can subscribe and listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcast. I'm June Grosso. This is Bloomberg. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.